0: Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side,
1: it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk.
0: Hello, and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am so excited to be back with each and every one of you today it has been a long time since crosstown crosstalk was last on the airwaves here at the bar room network in fact the last time bar down or bar room presented crosstown crosstalk was right after the world series we celebrated the texas rangers winning their first ever world series in franchise history and then I realized with Thanksgiving coming around the corner, that was also on a Thursday. Thursday is the home day of Crosstown Crosstalk. I think 97% of our episodes have been on a Thursday. There's been one on a Friday. I think we had one on a Sunday one time. You know, it's been a little bit all over. But most of the time, it's Thursday. Um, I was like, let's take a couple weeks off. I need to refresh my baseball brain. This baseball brain has been working overdrive with how putrid my favorite team, the Chicago White Sox, were this season. But... I want to think back about, you know, being a positive person and enjoying baseball and not letting your one team being terrible ruin the game for you as a whole. I want to believe that the White Sox are going to figure it out eventually at some point. And that's how we're going to kind of take the attitude approach going forward. Now, by all means, am I ever going to give them a pass for anything dumb that they do? I'm going to critique them just the same. But I just want to be a little bit more happy about it. You know, baseball is meant to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. Oh, there's a lot of arguing that goes online. At the end of the day, we all just want our favorite teams to be sick. I mean, that's what we strive for. You know, you see people in Atlanta having a blast with how great the Braves have been for the last handful of years. They got one World Series out of it. Um, Obviously, this year's winner, the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers built their World Series championship the exact opposite way that the Houston Astros, who won the year before, built theirs. So, It's one of those things like no answer is correct. Anybody who thinks that they're just straight up right is probably wrong. Um, There are lots of different ways to build a baseball team. And you know what, guys? At the end of the day here at Crosstown Crosstalk, I am rebranding it right now to make sure that it is always as fun as it could possibly be. That is what baseball is meant to be. When I think of fun, I think of one of my best friends in the entire world. I think of my good friend Joe Mandel, who was kind enough to join us today on the show. Joseph, how are we doing?
1: Vinny, what's up, buddy? Long time no see, man.
0: It has been a long time. You know, you know you're know, you good friends with somebody when not really that long of a time feels like forever.
1: It does. It feels like I haven't seen you in years.
0: It does. It really, really does. And it's been three weeks. Um, but, you know, we, we text quite frequently, but... Um, yeah. You know, I'm happy to have you back. The baseball offseason is in full swing now. You know, we were just yeah. coming off the 2023 season with the Texas Rangers winning the World Series. Um, how's the offseason treating you so far, though, my friend? How's your Thanksgiving?
1: It was great, man. Great, man. Lots of good time with the family. Long, long weekend. And I was, I was fortunate enough to get the Christmas decorations outside up the week before when it was like in the 60s. So I got lucky. I didn't have to do the outside when it was cold. Got the inside done. We're ready for Christmas. Uh, it, it was a great time, man. How about you?
0: It was very nice. I spent it with my family on Thanksgiving, and then I spent it with my girlfriend's family the following weekend. We went up to Wisconsin to hang with them. So there you go. I've been kind of all over the place for the last you know, couple weeks between that and it's been tons of fun i love it very much but now that thanksgiving's over we are firmly in to the christmas holiday now i start start celebrating christmas on november 1st i turn on (laughs) 93.9 at four o'clock p.m on november 1st when they make that little switch for those in chicago you know
1: 93.9
0: yes and it becomes the christmas station of chicago um around the holidays it's basically the preset in my car um Tolero, what's up, dude? Good to what see up, you. What up, Lara? It's been a long time since I've talked to Laro. Um I am super excited though the winter meetings start next week. But before we get into anything baseball, actual on the field baseball, we need to give an ode to our friend Jason Benetti. Yeah. Who has since left the Chicago White Sox? We did not see this coming. The last time we spoke on the airwaves of the bar, no, we Network. certainly didn't. Um, Jason Benetti has left the Chicago White Sox broadcast booth. He is now the voice of the Detroit Tigers. He Ugh. is obviously well deserving of that type of financial increase. He is obviously well deserving of that type of notoriety. The White Sox they didn't want to give it to him the way that Detroit did and now he's there. Um uh, probably the one really really good thing the White Sox had going for them last season was having Jason Benetti and now yeah. he's a young he, it's not very rare but one of the best in the business in terms of broadcast is a local kid that grew up cheering for your team.
1: Yeah. So he's it's
0: uh from LA or New York and now here's Bonetti. going to Detroit with us.
1: Uh, first off, and before I get into that, when you back up, your mic's kind of giving out a little bit. So just heads up there, but I'll give you my answer real quick. My thoughts on Benetti leaving. Ah, oh, geez, that was a gut punch, man. Uh, really when I saw the news, I, I was like, oh great. Where, where's, where's he going? Cause it's gotta be, it's gotta be somewhere great. Right. <laughs> and I saw it was the Tigers and I was like, man, not only does Jerry let him go, he lets him go to a division rival. And I just don't understand. I don't get it. I don't. I never will get it. Uh, it's the typical Jerry move, man. Um, then the reports come out about how like Jerry didn't like the playfulness on the air and like the fun and like socks math and some of that nerdy stuff. Again, I don't know how truthful those reports are, but I've seen it multiple places, so it's probably true. Man, it's just. A, it seems like a big swing and a miss for like a fan base that already is just taking an absolute gut punch year after year for the last like three seasons and then you let their favorite color analyst go it just seems like a a, a very out of touch move although i can't say i'm surprised Vin.
0: is it bad to be so connected to a play-by-play announcer that like i firmly plan on watching more
1: detroit tigers games next season i don't think like, it's I bad Firmly do I really don't think it's bad, but Vin, I will tell you why I think we're all a little bit more connected to him. And you could tell me if I'm wrong. Obviously, he grew up watching the team, like you mentioned. You know, he we got comfortable with him during this little run. But I think it's because Vin he does other things. You see him doing football games. You see him I think he did a couple NCAA games for the tourney last year, right? I mean, this is a guy you you hear him all over the place on national games, on other broadcasts. So I'm not surprised at all. I, I, we we talked about it earlier on South Burbs Hitman last, last year, like that he would inevitably leave. I don't think any of us in a million years would have predicted he goes to the Detroit Tigers and that it would happen so quickly. But the guy is a talent. He's an elite talent. He's one of the best voices in sports. I'm happy for him, but I'm also going to puke.
0: Yeah, it sucks. I I agree with you. I did think he would eventually move on because of the rigorous schedules of like a national gig. Like I thought maybe ESPN would say, okay, Benetti's our new Sunday and Wednesday night guy. He'll be in LA and Boston and Chicago. Like he'll be all over the place, a different city. Like He'll even do games in the small markets. He'll do a game between Baltimore and Oakland, you know, Um, Laro points out he's done Bulls games. I've heard him call NIU games. I've heard him call much bigger college football games than that. I mean, he's done March Madness. Like, he's been all over the place. That's kind of the direction I thought he might go. I wouldn't have shocked me if, like, Fox poached him to do, like, The Sunday game of the week, which probably wouldn't have impacted baseball too much, but he probably could have scaled it back on baseball and did a little more national for baseball and then been like a football guy for the NFL or something. That's kind of the direction I thought it would go eventually. For sure. But no, he's going to be the voice of the Detroit Tigers. He'll probably, they play 162. Uh, they probably won't play on national too much until they get good. So we're probably figuring him calling about 155 Tigers games next season. There will probably be a game or two that he misses to do said things on Sunday or something. I don't know what their situation is in Detroit. Like when that would happen with Jason in Chicago, Len Casper would come in and do the TV broadcast for the day. But um, we wish Jason Benetti nothing but the best. I have always... I've always had a soft spot for the MLB teams that are like really old. And obviously Detroit is one of those. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say like, I'm going to root for Detroit now that they have Jason Benetti, but I will be tuning into more of their games, knowing that I'll be able to hear his call.
1: I'm with you, Vin. And I'm a little perplexed too, because you you mentioned how Len Casper filled in on, on TV when he couldn't, but the white Sox came out and said that he's got a, he's linked into the radio side of things. He's not going to be the full-time guy when it comes to filling in on TV. So they're looking for somebody else to pair with Steve Stone. Ben, I I honestly don't have any thoughts in my head about who that's going to be or how they're going to fit in. But it just seems baffling to me that you wouldn't take Casper out of the radio booth and move him back to the TV. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about that? I thought that was a strange decision.
0: Yeah. So I, I definitely think it was a strange decision. Um, I wrote an article about I'm trying to pull it up so I can see exactly who I said, um, who I said would replace Jason Benetti as White Sox announcer. Yeah, I found it. OK, I have it. Um, Len Casper. A lot of people think that the reason Len left the Cubs was because he didn't like Marquee Network. I That's a bunch of hogwash. Um, money is money. If he if he wanted to stay with the Cubs and do TV for Marquee, of they would have paid him handsomely. He wanted to do radio that's the bottom line he's upset i honestly think the man is like obsessed with the radio it's like something he grew up on it means a lot to him and so for that reason he is not going to be the play-by-play announcer on tv for the white Sox. um which is you know that's his decision that's what he likes i get it so i have three replacements that i came up with as an option for jason bonetti's replacement adam amin OK, of course, he does the Chicago Bulls games and, you know, the sure. connection sure. with Jerry and he's called White Sox. Both. Him and AJ Pierzinski did the Astros series in 2021. Um, uh, Mike Monaco, he okay. is currently a, an ESPN voice, play by play announcer, and he's the alternate voice of the Boston Red Sox on Nesson. I believe their main guy, Bill O'Brien. Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Bill O'Brien. I'm pretty sure is his name. Um, But yeah, so, you know, he's got ties to Major League Baseball. Um, He also went to Notre Dame, so he's got plenty of local ties. Sure. He'd be absolutely able to uh, um, do this. He has replaced Benetti in the White Sox booth during times of Jason being away as well. So Monaco, he is well connected to the White Sox. And then one that people will probably obviously automatically think of, too, is Connor McKnight. Connor McKnight does pre and post game yeah, shows on yeah. ESPN okay. 1000 sure when Len would come up and do games for Jason McKnight would do the radio and I'm pretty sure McKnight has done at least one game on TV in place of Benetti as well so then he obviously he has the ability to call White Sox games um, those are my three most likely options replacing Benetti in the booth. yeah
1: Connor Ignite certainly knows the team inside and out that's for sure I, I could see that you know I'm just curious to see when they're going to make this decision because, I mean, winter meetings are coming up. You have off-season. you got people that are going to start wanting to buy tickets. And I know like that doesn't really affect like the in-stadium stuff, but it kind of does, sort of. I mean, I don't know. Uh, and they're not doing Sox Fest, so I guess there's nothing to worry about there. <laughs> That's a whole other thing Vin. But long story short, rough start to the off-season for the White Sox, especially with that news. Absolutely. And we got a couple of White Sox
0: that we know are on the move since our last show. We did learn that Tim Anderson is no longer yeah. going to be with the White Sox. They are no longer going to have Liam Hendricks, Elvis Andrews, yes, Monty Grandal. When it comes to those four guys who were not tendered by the Chicago White Sox, who had options, same thing with Mike Levenger, too. Mike Levenger's on the list. When you think of those five guys, what are what's coming to your mind?
1: Not really any surprises there, except for maybe Clevenger. I I know that he wasn't the big character guy, but he was certainly the best pitcher on staff last year. I thought maybe they'd give him a a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal, and potentially be a guy that you could trade next season or in the offseason if something came up in the right package. But uh, they let him walk. But no one else was really a surprise. Everyone's like, oh, Tim Anderson, you let him walk. There's not really anybody better out there. And certainly folks are right about that. T.A. is going to land on his feet somewhere else. But I think we all know that T.A. needed a change of scenery. There's a lot of, especially a lot of animosity with all his off the season stuff last off the field season last. I can't even talk off the field stuff last season. In addition to his performance on the field, like it really tanked his trade value. Although I kind of thought they might pick up his option and then try to trade him, but they didn't. T.A. will land on his feet somewhere, but I think he will be playing second base wherever he lands.
0: Yeah, I certainly think he'll land. I'm not sure where. Obviously, the options open for him if he does open up his mind to playing second base. Um, I don't think a starting job as a shortstop in the MLB is guaranteed to anybody for very long. And if you would have told me two years ago that T.A. would be a free agent and he wouldn't be like one of the top dogs, you know, people are begging to sign like yeah, obviously Shohei Otani is in a different conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even Yoshinobu Yamamoto is in a, like, a different conversation because of the unknown, mm-hmm. but I, I would have thought that like a Tim Anderson would be like a slight tick below those guys in terms of anticipation, and that's just not the case because of how awful like truly lousy 2023 was for him but you know the only way you could go is up if you're someone like Tim Anderson and I'm wishing him nothing but the best I also find it funny there hasn't been like a true like they they made a video tribute to him when they first announced they weren't picking up his option but it doesn't feel like from either side there's been a true like closure yet so I I do wonder but the signing of Paul DeYoung and uh, bringing in Nikki Lopez in the trade with the Atlanta Braves, which we'll yeah, get to in a second. I, I, I just don't see it because they're going to have a. Lopez play second and DeYoung's going to play shortstop.
1: T.A. wrote up a little statement on his Instagram or whatever, thinking Chicago and the fans. So for me, that's final enough.
0: Yeah, me too. And you know what? As cold-hearted as this sounds, you didn't win a World Series. You're right. not like... you're. He's probably a top... 50 white Sox player ever you know he might be in that realm top 100 for sure but like it's really like the top 10 top like franchise level retired numbered guys that i like truly hate when they leave like the close the closest we've gotten in the last 10 years to something like that is chris sale because chris sale in his prime probably was the best pitcher in the american league
1: face of the franchise too yeah yeah and he had like another thing ta was that sort of
0: yeah, exactly. That, too. So we're going to miss T.A., but, you know, they got Paul DeYoung, I mentioned, and then Nikki Lopez comes in in a trade, um, along with a couple other pieces in the trade for Aaron Bummer to the Atlanta Braves. Um, talk to me about what you think about, you know, what the Braves, the additions they're making. And then, of course, adding guys like that to the White Sox, in addition to Bummer, excuse me, going to um, Atlanta, you got Reynaldo Lopez signing there in free agency as well.
1: Yeah. You know, I I was a fan of the trade, the Aaron Bummer trade, because we were able to get a lot for a guy that simply hasn't performed. Um, I know it's not quite the fleecing that everyone, it might not end up being the fleecing that everyone thinks it was, but I will tell you one thing, I'm happy to get rid of Aaron Bummer. Maybe he can have greener pastures over there. <laughs> um, I like the pieces we got. I'm happy to see it. Paul DeYoung, pretty happy with that signing because, you know, it's a low risk. We got a great defensive guy, as you can see in the clips here. He's had he's had some pretty pretty good moonshots in his day. Um, this is all stuff from last year, so you know Paul DeYoung could certainly have done a lot worse. You could arguably say he was the best available shortstop. Although I this is partially joking, partially true. The Detroit Tigers are, are entertaining trade offers for uh, <laughs> Javier Bias. <Baez. laughs> But uh, th- they would never trade him in division unless they gave up a ransom, which they're not going to. I'm 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 a fan of the move so far, Vin. I, again, Chris Getz has a lot to prove. He's got a really low. <laughs> like I had lo- such low expectations that literally anything positive will be a, uh, you know, will make me feel better about it. But I like the trade that, that he did so far. I, uh, the the young signing is. A very Chris Getz signing. And what I mean by that is he's focused heavily on defense this offseason. Because let's be honest, man, I think we all know that this team last year with a little bit of defense could certainly have won about 15 more games. Maybe more. Uh, They didn't have that. And I think that's something they're really going to preach. They're trying to get back to the gritty White Sox, the 05 White Sox, playing small ball, playing good defense. That's the kind of guy Chris Gets is. That's the way back to the promised land. Again, do I love the Getz hire? No. Would I like it better if he had somebody overseeing things a little bit more. Yeah. But you know what? Give Chris Getz the reins, I'm I'm not I'm not upset with what he's done so far, Vin. I'm I'm pretty happy as a matter of fact.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I wasn't expecting him to go out and do his best New York Yankees or Los Angeles Dodgers impersonation. They're going to be a better fundamental team next year. I th- I truly do think that um, you're going to add Paul DeYoung and Nicky Lopez, who both kind of uh, below average hitters. Paul DeYoung has some pop, but overall both below average hitters in the year 2024, I would think. But they're both going to play some solid defense. That doesn't age the way that batting does. Sure. So, And as far as the Aaron Bummer trade, they got like five pieces back, and all of them, there are people like underwhelmed with who they got. Like, you traded Aaron Bummer; he stunk. I, I wanted the White Sox to DFA Aaron Bummer. I've wanted them to DFA Aaron Bummer for like a, almost two years. So the yeah. fact that you got even anything worth value for him, I think it makes it a good. Like, if they would have gotten like a pack of big league chew to make oh, Luis Robert great, Jr. Dude. happy in the dugout. Like, crazy. I would have seen that good. I would have seen that as a positive. Like, I honestly mean that. Aaron Bummer was that brutal in the relief role for the White Sox. Now, when he goes to Atlanta and has a little bit of success, don't be surprised because what's going to happen, in my opinion, is so Aaron Bummer's got nasty stuff. His strikeout numbers were awesome, even yeah. even through the fact that he couldn't, you know, stop giving up runs to save his life. When he did get outs, they were strikeouts, which means his stuff is good. You don't just miss bats in Major League Baseball if your stuff isn't good. Now, his stuff comes with a price. Sometimes when guys make contact with it, they beat it into the ground. And if you don't have a good defense, I do find it ironic that they get rid of him right as they're focusing on defense and fundamentals because defense and fundamentals are something that help a pitcher like Aaron bummer who throws largely sinker balls and they get batted into the ground and people got to make good defensive plays to get the outs at first. I think the Atlanta Braves are going to be able to do that. He's still going to strike out a crap ton of people. He doesn't give up home runs. He didn't give up his first home run this season until August. So, you know, there there's going to be some upside to Aaron Bummer in Atlanta. I just think the White Sox at this point in time were a terrible situation for him. And the fact that they got something for him, it does kind of impress me a little bit. I, I thought they were going to end up DFAing him. I really did.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a win-win for Chris Gatz. You know, we'll just wait and see, man. I think it's the winter meetings are starting. We'll get a better idea of what this club is going to be and how they're going to improve. If they're going to trade Eloy, if they're going to trade Cease. I would be stunned if they don't trade Cease. All the rum, all the rumblings around, you know, all the websites are that, you know, everyone wants a piece of Dylan Cease. Everybody wants Dylan Cease. Well, you only give up Dylan Cease if you get a, a ransom, right? And you would hope that somebody's willing to do that.
0: Yeah, I think somebody's going to be willing to do that. I can confirm from my source that the Morosi report yesterday was a little bit exaggerated and nothing is necessarily imminent with Dylan Cease. Now, that doesn't mean things can't change with a phone call. That doesn't mean things won't change by the winter meetings. But the way Morosi tweeted yesterday made it seem like a Cease trade would be done today. And based on what I've been told by somebody that I trust is that that's not necessarily – um, gonna be the case, you know, today, tomorrow, unless again some phone call changes something. But Dylan Cease is a really good player. I agree with you. Um, I'd be shocked if they don't trade him at some point before the offseason. You can argue he's the best pitcher available. Now, again, I know Otani's available. He's not pitching next season, though. He's only no. hitting next season. Yeah. Um, he he will pitch the following year and the year after, and as long as he's healthy and at a high level, doing both. Um, so that's a pitcher for the future for you, but Yamamoto, he provides the unknown. Like I said, his ERA was like 1.06 in the Japan league, it's like one of the best pitching season in the Japanese league, which probably by all accounts is the second best league in the world behind major league baseball. Um, and so that's more of an unknown, but he's going to cost a lot of money. Dylan Cease is a cheap option for some team. All they are going to have to do is trade prospects. And if you're the White Sox, you have to use that leverage to your advantage. Um, they're lucky he finished strong. He only gave up five runs over those last four games. Um, so, you know, it was a strong finish. His ERA was in the mid-fours. So it's not like he had this brutal, terrible season after being a runner-up yeah, for no. the Cy Young the year prior. I know we texted each other a couple times talking about Dylan C sucking. That's just because we were mad. Dylan C's by all well, lot yeah. He he was the White Sox second best pitcher behind Clevenger this season, and Dylan sees isn't a complete scumbag.
1: So and you can would have Completely, was. he would have completely benefited from at least a little bit of defense too. Exactly. Man,
0: be defense, a little bit of offense. I do believe offense matters for pitchers in some instances. Yeah. Because if you don't get run support, you're, yeah. yeah, you're always pitching like from the stretch or like. You're you're from behind. If there, how many times is here? Did Dylan Cease take the mound already? Down a couple runs. You know oh, that I'm happened sure. a bunch, a lot. So you know those things they change the way you pitch. You might attack the zone a little more, knowing you got to get outs. But that always leads to guys um, pounding the ball a little more sometimes. So like, there's just all sorts of cause and effect that can happen with the White Sox being a crap team. If mm. Cease goes to another team, like let's say he goes to the Braves or the O's or the Rangers, or the Astros, or the Cubs. like All those teams, I think, help him get right back to where he was last year, and that's scary to think about. So the White Sox better be smart with whatever they do with him this offseason.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you give them to whoever wants to pay the most. <laughs> I, I certainly hope I'm, Atlanta's a, a real good fit there. Um, as you mentioned, the o- Orioles. We talked about this on this show during the playoffs, we said the Orioles would regret not trading for Dylan Cease. I think they would have probably had a longer run if they had. But again, that's that's all, you know, remains to be seen. But perhaps we'll get a, more of a ransom in the offseason. But I guess we'll find out shortly, Ben.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And then there's guys like Eloy Jimenez. I know they said they wouldn't trade Robert, but I, I honestly think nobody's untouchable when you go 61 and 101. And Robert has only been healthy one season in his MLB career. Now, granted, he came in 12th place for the American League's uh, MVP this season. Um, that's a really good finish for a guy who was healthy for the first time. He's clearly like a top quality player in the league right now. Yeah. Um, I I don't see them trading him, but he should be on the table if if teams are calling, they should be answering and at least kind of seeing what's going on. But you know, where are you on some of these rumors? Besides C's. We just talked about Cease.
1: The 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 Eloy rumors are interesting to me. I I don't think I would trade him unless you get a too good to be true offer. Because yes, I know he's been injured. Yes, I know there's a lot of things. He's never had a he hasn't had a full good season. He hasn't been an outfielder. I mean, hopefully they could use him as a DH, right? This is a guy that if he puts it all together, and I know that's a big if, but I think if you have him healthy and you have some good defense around him and you have good guys in that, in that clubhouse, that Eloy is going to be great. Because we've seen it. You and I have both seen him chugging on all cylinders. I don't think you're gonna get enough value for him this offseason. Unless the White Sox are really wanting to move on. I just I don't see you getting anyone better back. Again, if you get a too good to be true offer, take it. That's fine. But I don't see that happening. I don't love the rumors about Eloy. I'd much rather keep him for the price that we would probably get him back get for him. As for everybody else, I think I think you trade anyone you can if you get a good deal. Um, sure, Luis Robert, probably not going to get dealt because we're not going to get enough back in return. But I think I think everyone else is on the table. But Eloy, I think for the price you're going to get back, I don't think I would touch him.
0: I agree. And if people are probably like, well, if you would trade Cease, why wouldn't you trade Eloy? Well, it's because of that. It's like the value. You know, I think CC, mm-hmm. you're going to get a fair value back for him. He's a starting pitcher. He's a cost controlled. He's not coming off an abysmal year, but it's one of those things like, you know, you'll get, I think, a, a pretty good return for him where Eloy, he's always hurt people. It's kind of an unknown type of thing. Like people might not be as willing. And so I, I think if that's the case, I think the White Sox should keep him as well. Do you know how good of a hitter Eloy Jimenez is? I honestly think if he's available. He's the third best player hitter available behind Otani and Soto and Soto would be a trade. Otani would be a free agent signing, but some, some 162 game averages for Eloy Jimenez over the course of his five year career up to this point. If he were to have played in 162 games, he averages a slash line of 275, 324, 487 with an 811 OPS.
1: You're not going to get that. You're not going to get anything back that's worthy of those numbers.
0: He averages 33 home runs and 102 RBIs over every 162 games. And he only strikes out 153 times to 43 walks over every 162 game average. So, he's a borderline MVP candidate over 162 games, you know, top 15, top 20 hitter in the American League um over 162 games. All he's got to do is stay healthy.
1: Yeah. I know it's a big ask, but I mean, I don't know, unless I'm a, I'd prefer that we keep him. We'll find out here shortly, Vin. It's it's an interesting conundrum. <laughs> Chris Katz has his work cut out for him. That's that's for certain.
0: It sure is an issue and something that he's going to have to figure out. So we'll see. Um, we've co- brought up Shohei Otani a couple times on the show. Actually, before we go to the Cubs, your reaction to Lance Lynn signing with the
1: Cardinals? I'm not surprised. You know, they gave him a too good to be true contract. He goes back to the team that he loved playing for. Good for Lance. You know.
0: Yeah. And it's the team that he started with, so um, we'll see if he's able to kind of rekindle what it was that made him such a good pitcher with the White Sox and the Rangers over the last handful of years. Um, So, yeah, the Chicago Cubs, they're in on Otani. Um, John Heyman went on bleacher report yesterday, their little live stream that they do with him every week. And he said that the Cubs are very much in on him. I would still call the Dodgers the favorite. I would put the Cubs second. I would put the San Francisco Giants third. I'd be shocked if he goes to any other of than those three teams. Uh, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if either New York team, I'll round them out with the top five, uh, teams that are in on Otani. Um, like where do you, what, what's kind of the vibe you're feeling? Um, what are you hoping for? as a baseball fan, first and foremost, like, you know, Otani, he's going to be polarizing forever and somebody that we all want to watch play no matter what team he signs with. So it's going to kind of be big news for all of us, even if it's for a team that we don't necessarily chair for.
1: Yeah, that's going to be huge news no matter who he signs with. You know, Vin, where do I think he's going to sign? Where do I want him to sign? I, I would love to have a guy like that close to home to be able to go watch all the time. So, sure, I would love the Cubs to get him, right? I mean, there's not – you could argue that there's nobody on this list except for the Yankees that are a more traditional baseball team. But the thing is, you know, people have talked to, like, other people that Otani has been with, and Otani wants to go to a contender. If the Cubs start making moves and they tell them what they, they tell Tony what they want to do, they're going to bring in these pieces. I mean, they made the move with the manager already, right? You went on went and you got the best available manager. You know, I could see him potentially coming here. That's if the Cubs make this promise to become a contender, which you could argue that they were last year, but I think they surprised everybody, us included, about how good they were last year. The Dodgers. Are they a contender, Vin? They're good every year, and they get trounced in the playoffs. It feels like every year. They have the payroll. They're going to be able to sign guys in the offseason. I think for that reason, you're not going to see Otani sign right away. I really don't. I think he's going to wait and see kind of what these teams do. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he goes to a team right away that's a, a, a great suitor. But I, I, I personally, out of everyone on the list, And again, this is not off reports or anything. I feel like he's going to end up on the Yankees. I just can see him. Like, I I read, I was watching a video with someone speaking to um, an Asian um, sports broadcaster that was really kind of close with Otani and brought up a bunch of names, the ones that you would expect. He said, Oh, the Dodgers you know, the New York Mets, the New York Yankees. And he goes, man, would I love to see him play for the Yankees. I think that says a lot. So I feel he's going to sign with the Yankees. I want him to sign with the Cubs. I would hate to see him on the Dodgers, man. I don't think that would be as exciting because where he goes, he wants to be the star. And I think he would be the star no matter where he goes. But is he really like – I don't want to say, is he the star on the Dodgers? Because, yes, he would be the big star. But, like, does he get enough attention there? I don't know if Otani's that kind of guy that cares if he just wants to win. But I think he ends up on the Yankees. He's the face of the Yankees with Aaron Judge. Those two are just like boom, 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 the future of the New York Yankees. They build around them. They have the money. They staff up. They win two three World Series. But I want him on the Cubs, Vin.
0: Yeah, I understand. If he went to the Dodgers, um, you know, there's Mookie Betts, there's Freddie Freeman. I mean, there's there's all stars all over the place. I, like you said, he still be he still would be the guy. But um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. He did go to the team with Mike Trout when he first came over from Japan. But I do think that the Otani that's signing with a new team here in 2023 is different than the Otani that signed as a free More agent. More motivated to
1: win, I would say. More motivated think to think of losing.
0: Clearly proven that he can pitch and hit in Major, major League Baseball. Um, worth so much more money now than he was back then, and he was kind of worth a lot coming out of Japan even. Um, it, The only thing, if he wants to wait until other people sign, that's going to be tough because he's going to kind of set the market, right? Like, doesn't it kind of feel like dominoes fall after him? But, you know, if he if he does say like, hey, other free agents, you choose where you're going to go. I'm waiting a minute because I want to see what happens here. um, Then he won't be the one who sets the market. But, you know, where where will Bellinger end up? Will a team like the Cubs say, okay, we're going to bring back Bellinger. We might not be able to afford Otani anymore, but, you know, we got to act quickly here before other teams bounce on Bellinger and we might not even get Otani anyway, so then we get nothing. Like, there's all sorts of issues that could come with waiting too long and stuff like that. So it's going to be so interesting to see how it goes. To answer Foster's question, I do think he will pitch again. Um, I've I've kind of moved past ever doubting anything Otani wants to do. He clearly wants to do both he'll I, pitch again. I think he'll pitch I think he's got like 5 more good years of pitching left in him and maybe like 8 or 9 more years of like good hitting in him. Um he's a freak. He's honestly he is he's a unicorn. There's never been anything like him. Um he's done the to Tommy before and he hit through it and he was awesome in 2020 so we'll see what happens with his offense this year keep him nice and healthy he'll be ready to rock I think on the mound the following year I really really do
1: yeah I think let's be honest though man we're a little selfish we want to see a guy of that caliber be able to play on a daily basis on the north side of Chicago I mean I I know there's no shot the White Sox get him so you might as well cheer for the baseball the face of baseball to be playing in Chicago plus You know, we all know so many people that are either working in the park or near the park. Just think about the economy boost for Chicago just by getting Otani.
0: Yeah, you know, five years ago, me would have said, hell no. Hell no. But now it's like the White Sox are kind of such a joke that, like, I don't even really care. It's not going to impact them in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it'd be nice to go watch Otani whenever I want, because I probably would take advantage of it and go watch them a lot.
1: This might sound crazy, Vin, but do you think the the White Sox play over the last two seasons, specifically last year, may have actually helped the Cubs' cause in in signing Otani? Because they're, the, I mean, they were always the team of the city, but there was a time where the White Sox were kind of coming up, and they were going to be Chicago's team. They were the good team in Chicago. And they kind of fizzled out. So, I don't know. Maybe it sort of helped their chances a little bit.
0: The White Sox were Chicago's team in 2021 and the first half of 2022, and there's no arguing it. I mean, if, if I'm man enough to admit certain things about the White Sox compared to the Cubs now – then some Cubs fans just need to be realistic with themselves yeah, about when things sure. were, you know, and, and I think that gives us me and you a little bit of credibility when we do say things about the white Sox in a positive manner, because when things are bad, I'm very aware. I, I think they don't I, sugarcoat it. Yeah. My baseball self-awareness is there. And in 2021, that blackout game at guaranteed Rayfield was as loud, drunk and rambunctious as any playoff game at Wrigley field. It is a, fact. a fact. It is a we there. fact. I was there. yep it was rare. I was there. I remember it all too well. Um, Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> so you know, if Otani goes to the Cubs, yeah, I the Cubs are already. They've taken that back from um the White Sox. They firmly have taken it back, and they're probably gonna keep it for a long time. If they get Otani it might be like for a really long time. yeah, but the, the thing like the whole world is gonna watch whatever team Otani signs with. And I do think it's funny, they're on the road against the Texas Rangers to open the season. The the MLB could market the crap out of that if they had Otani versus the Champs in game one. Right? Travis is gonna be there. It's it's an unreal situation that could take place if he were to yeah. sign with the Cubs. Um
1: and Vin, I think you make a good point. You said you said about Otani, like probably not waiting too long to sign. Wherever Otani signs a bunch of free agents are going to go there too. So I think that's another reason that you might see that earlier on. I didn't think about that.
0: Yeah. I don't think the next guy we're going to talk about, Yoshinobo Yamamoto, for those, we kind of touched on it, really good ERA in the Japan League. He's going to be coming over. Um, I don't know if you have an opinion on where you think he's going to sign. I don't think him and Otani end up teammates.
1: No, I doubt it. I don't think so. Um, If Otani doesn't end up on the Yankees, you can bet your bottom dollar Yamamoto will
0: you think Yamamoto's a Yankee?
1: If he does, if they don't get Otani, yeah.
0: Okay. See, I was between them and the
1: Mets. He'll be in New York. I feel feel that vibe for sure. Yeah,
0: the Mets did get Kodai Senga last year, and I just think, like, their rotation. I mean, I know they've added a couple over the last handful of days uh, have the Mets, and Yamamoto would be um, a really good addition for them. So it should be interesting. I'm excited to see where this goes with all these guys. Um, that's
1: curveball is ridiculous, by the way.
0: I've never seen anything like it. It is, and he combines it with like a fastball in a way where like the straight line of the fastball is almost confusing when you match it up against look at it right there. That's yeah, that is just nasty. That is nasty. So I I can't wait to watch him pitch in the MLB. Like, I he's not going to have an ERA under two, right? Like, that's just not how he probably won't have an ERA under three, but. If he keeps an ERA under half. four, yeah, yeah. three—that'll uh, be really, really, really good. Like Kodai Senga came over and dominated this year by Major League Baseball standards. He wasn't like a Cy Young guy or anything like that. He, he probably, he probably did get some votes though, right? Like, yeah. let me see. Actually, Kodai Senga—he came in. He was seventh in Cy Young voting. Yeah, I would and, say he probably got a few votes, and he was second in Rookie of the Year voting. And I honestly think, and he is, his ERA was under three, 2.98. Wow. He had a good year. 202 strikeouts, 161 in a third inning. Uh, he that's made incredible. 29 starts and went 12-7 and seven on a very mediocre Mets team. So Yamamoto, if he's better than Senga, I mean, holy crap, we could be talking about one of the best pitchers in the league. So, And I hope that's the case. I love when that stuff happens. Team Japan versus Team USA in the World Baseball Classic was legitimately one of my favorite like moments i I loved everything about that game Oh yeah and so i have such an appreciation for japanese baseball um i'm gonna start a website like our friend phil selig and call it a japanese dugout or japan dugout um just kidding but i i do love you know all these different markets around the world that are pumping out mlb players um so joe are there any other free agents or trades that you're excited about obviously got some pretty big names out there that might get moved
1: You know, there's nothing crazy I'm excited about. I think the winter meetings are gonna like pique my interest a little bit more because like it's been so quiet. Like sure, we got the young signing and various little dinks and doinks happening across the league, but the noise is really about to start here in the next week and a half, two weeks. So um I I just wanna see where TA lands. I'm interested to see. Um, also interested to see if he signs as, as a second baseman, which I would be surprised if he did not play move we'll make that move. But um, I guess we'll find out.
0: Yeah, so I'm excited for to see where Glasnow goes. Glasnow is my favorite. Yeah, that too. Non-player. Yep. Um, probably my favorite non-White Sox player in the MLB right now. He's been on you know my favorite player list for a long time. Loved watching him play with the Rays. I I got got by a fake account saying he was going to the Cubs. And I like left the r- the bedroom I was in reading. It, it was like one of those things. Where I first woke up, read yeah. it. I was gonna go tell everyone there that the Cubs just got Glasnow, and then right before I opened my mouth, I realized I got got by a fake account. So, yeah. but it's if he goes to, to the Cubs, if he goes to the Cubs, all power to the Rays. Hopefully, they could get something good back. That in would be turn. sick. Um, you know, if he goes to a different team, I, I just want to see Glasnow on a contender.
1: So, and, yeah, I-, I would love to see that. And then there's another. Big name out there, free agent. That's a bit of a controversial name, Vin, and, and Trevor Bauer. I'm interested to see what happens with him, too.
0: Me, too, because he got off to a terrible start. He was bad. Overseas. And then he, like, really picked it up. Then and all of a sudden, he was picture. good.
1: It was magical.
0: Yeah, it was almost like, you know, he needed to get Ripped his a switch back. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, and sometimes that happens. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens with Trevor Bauer um, after all this that he's gone on with over the last – uh handful of years it's been like a couple years now yeah. um it was actually like it was probably crosstown crosstalk's like seventh ever episode that but the bauer thing happened because the first if you go back and watch like the first handful of episodes of crosstown crosstalk we just talked trevor bauer every single show because i watched every one of his vlogs i was a huge fan and we then, talked
1: about it in, in length yeah
0: yeah but you know i'm also excited to see where juan soto goes yeah, I that's... almost think it's fact that he goes. Um, that That's where I think the Yankees go.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Like, I kind of think Otani, Yamamoto, like, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, they could get Yamamoto and Soto. But I, I just see – I've seen Juan Soto in pinstripes for years. And then when the Padres got him, I was like, wow, Padres, man, they really are that team that just gets everyone they want. Um, but I like the Yankees for Juan
1: Soto. They do spend. And that's gone. A, and I think that's a model that Jerry Reinsdorf needs to follow, follow. They were not the team in that area, but then they lost all those other big teams. They lost the Chargers. Or I'm sorry, yeah, they lost the Chargers, and then it was became a baseball town. You go and spend money. Look at how much money they're raking in over there.
0: Exactly, and they were kind of disappointing this year. There are a lot of factors that went into that. They were in the NLCS the year before, so let's not act like the Padres have just completely failed. Even if they lose Juan Soto, they'll find a way to replace his production. Well, maybe not his production through one player. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly, that too. And really, I thought Mackenzie Gore, the pitcher, the number one prospect they had, they traded to the Nationals. I thought he was going to turn into like a super-duper star. Like, like. I'm talking like top five pitcher type talent that I yeah. thought he'd become, and this season he was good. He had a 4.42 ERA, 151 strikeouts, 136 in a third inning. Um, he made 27 starts. He went seven and ten. He had a 2.0 WAR, which is nice. So maybe he still will become that. I actually didn't even realize this season yeah. was this good. It was with a very bad Washington Nationals team, mm-hmm. uh, but you know he had numbers comparable to Dylan Cease. Sure. So. I guess that is a good thing, and if they could get an even better return back, I think that'll that'll serve them well.
1: And I think you could see a guy like Soto go to the Yankees, and then they have the money to potentially sign Otani too. You know, that would be wild.
0: That would be wild.
1: And you know what? I do think the fact so
0: Cashman he already like kind of sounds like a jerk in all the interviews he gave during the GM yeah. meetings a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he know he's probably on the hot seat, which is weird to say because the Yankees, the 2010s were the first decade in franchise history that they didn't win the World Series. And, you know, we're getting close to halfway through the 20s. So what's going on with the Yankees? We'll see if they're able to bring in a guy like Otani or Juan Soto, but I do think they will be very
1: active starting next week. I agree.
0: Joseph, off topic of baseball really quick before we wrap things up. Patrick Kane signed with the Detroit Red Wings. You're in Michigan. Are you yeah. going to make a drive up to Detroit to check out Patrick Kane at least once? I think you should.
1: Yeah, probably at some point. I, uh, it, it's I'm conflicted, man. It's so weird for me. Like Kaner for me is always a black Hawk. And so it's like a little bit of a gut punch and it just seems so strange. Like there's a lot of Blackhawks in the news this week, Finn. I, I think we all know that there's a lot of controversy going on in the org, but when, you know, I just felt like, man, it was so surprising that they didn't bring him back as that veteran to kind of show Bedard the ropes. You know, other organizations, most organizations, you have a, a three-time champion, a, a vet like that, and you have the future of hockey on your team. You think, you know, most teams would probably bring him in to to be that guy, especially because Patrick Kane has proven it but they went another route. It didn't work out, and now he's on Detroit. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm still a bit of a drive from Detroit, Vin, so it's certainly not like a, a dink and doink for me. It's like a three-and-a-half-hour drive for me, but I think I'm more likely to go see a Lions game than I am a Red Wings, but maybe I'll see the Red Wings when they come to Chicago. It's a shorter drive.
0: Oh, okay. It is a shorter drive. They play them on February 25th, the retiring Chris Chelios' number. Maybe... We could get a group together and watch Patrick Kane come back to the United Center for the first time. Um, One
1: thing we do need to do, Vin, not to change the subject, but I'm not far from South Bend. We've talked about this. We need to go to a a Notre Dame hockey game. I would love to. Uh, They've got a bunch of games coming up. They have a pretty good squad. Inexpensive night out. Yeah. My wife and I went to see the women's basketball play a couple weeks ago. Our parents have season tickets at like midcourt. It was amazing. Wow. Uh, looking forward to, to doing that because that could be a lot of fun.
0: Yes, we should really absolutely think about doing that. I would love to. I love college hockey. I got to get to a Wisconsin game here soon, too. So college hockey, our entire first period of our last show was dedicated to college hockey. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so, that's on. You can listen to that on anywhere you can find Barroom Network podcasts, uh, the videos here on YouTube, or it's anywhere you can find and listen to podcasts.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So. And you know, with the whole Patrick Kane thing, I encourage everybody to follow along on Twitter. We got a lot going on with Bardown, that's going to be back next Wednesday. Joe will be on Sunday, fantasy football goon. Yeah, um, Thailand, man,
1: season's almost done for fantasy there. purposes.
0: Frank Mueller still alive in the guillotine league.
1: That whole thing is crazy. It there is some, I've been keeping an eye on it, and uh, it's it's bonkers.
0: It is quarterbacks going down left and right. Um, basically if your guy was really good and he stayed alive, you stayed alive. Like Frankie's got Josh Allen and Josh Allen, although he's not having the best season in terms of helping the Buffalo Beals win football games, he's the number one ranked fantasy player and it's really spectacular to watch so and joe will get you up to speed for all of that on fantasy football goon the barroom network the bears are on a bye week so it'll probably be a little quieter around these parts but you know there's still going to be plenty of football conversation in regards to the whole league dan and aldo brothers souls mike presser or mike presser mike north will do a presser um of course we'll be back doing hockey on monday yeah. um and, and then the and winter Vin- meetings next week Next week, Mm -hmm. we'll be doing this show right in the middle of the winter meeting. So um, what do you got?
1: And Saturday morning here on the Barrow Network, 9 a.m. Central, we will be doing Somebody Big Just Died. Henry Kissinger passed away yesterday, so we will be doing that show on Saturday morning. Very controversial figure, depending on which side of the fence you're on, but uh, tune in. Mike North and I will eulogize him, and per usual, in the Mike North fashion, we uh, we will have some fun along the way, regardless of the conversation.
0: I'm sure Mike North has some takes on that whole thing. Of course. Um, I saw the New York Yankees tweeted that they were deeply saddened by the passing of Henry, whatever his name is. People were just going to town one way or the other. I just sit back and laugh. That's kind of my perspective, but you know, I can't thank everybody in the chat enough for coming on. Obviously Foster. um, Oh, Foster. Shout out to Bears uh, Country Podcast, former Bears You're quarterback sure. Eric Kramer, seven fifty five Central. Ooh, ooh,
1: very that good. That sounds
0: cool, dude. I will be tuning into that for sure. I'm excited for you guys. Good get. That's a huge. Advocate
1: for suicide awareness, of course, as, yes. as he went through lots of that himself. He's appeared on you know many programs here, and he's been across. He's been an advocate across you know multiple platforms. Uh, a reminder for everybody, you know, if you ever feel that way, there's plenty of people to reach out to uh, suicide prevention hotlines. Just talk to somebody that don't again, I don't have to get too far into it, but the, you're, I'm always a phone call away for anybody.
0: Absolutely. That's that's incredible work that he does. And yeah, we couldn't advocate for that as enough as much as well. So thank you to everybody in the chat. Foster, Laro, Travis, everybody watching you didn't comment. Um, it's been a great time here today on South, uh, South Brips hitman uh, close enough, close enough, <laughs> Crosstown town, Um, we will be, we're back on the saddle as the name of the show says next Thursday, right. right in the middle of the winter meetings. We will be right here. Not sure about That's the time. Right. We'll update you on social media, but I can't wait to be right in the middle of it. And it should be a tons of fun, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to everybody listening. Enjoy the baseball off season. Watch tons of hockey. Bears are on a bye, but there's still plenty of great football. The Eagles play the 49ers. Why wouldn't you want to watch that? As always, stay sports, and thank you for listening. Another happy landing.